Hello and welcome to Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. And welcome to our third winter podcast of the season. Yay! I'm Beth, and I'm going to be talking about Capturing Winter Part 2. And I'm Sydney, and I will be sharing some tips on how to make a snowman. I'm Cole, and I'm going to be talking about ice hotels. And I'm Randy, and I will be talking about the Tooth Fairy. So, as always, we will start with our holiday happenings. Our main holiday happening for this week, we're looking at our windows right now, is a snowstorm. Yay! So we're on the second day of the snowstorm, and we already have five-ish kind of inches. Seems to be the general feeling around the area. Six plus is my general feeling. <laughs> <Back> <laughs> I'm <looking> to, <laughs> to have a high count. I'm looking at our bird feeder, and it has to be at least six inches it's out five. There. And um, snow just started falling again. I think it's supposed to fall until around six tonight. So we'll probably get a little bit more snow. So that's lots of fun. Lots of pictures outside. Sydney brought in some snow for our indoor cats to see. That's right. <laughs> they were very impressed. <laughs> That's sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> they sniffed it and the one kind of pawed it, but that was about it. Yeah, they weren't super impressed with it. No. Cinder is our outside cat, and her porch area was all snowy, so I swept that off for her, so she was happy. She was suspicious, but also happy that I swept it off for oh, her. That's good. Yes. And she does have a warm igloo. Yes, she so does. So she's nice and warm and comfy. Yes, she is. So we will begin our first topic with the second part of Beth's topic area of capturing winter. Okay. I love winter. It's one of my favorite seasons. That's how I started the last time, too. It's still true. (laughs) Well, it's true. Last week, during the last podcast, I talked about some of the things I love, like blankets of snow and fires in the fireplace and warm, fluffy blankets and white, sparkling decorations. And I talked about some of the ways we can capture winter, which seems like a funny thing to say, but there are ways that we can appreciate and keep winter with us in our hearts. The good stuff, not the cold stuff. I talked about traditions and photography and capturing winter through stories. Today I'm going to talk about capturing winter through decorating and through doing things together. That sounds fun. It does, doesn't it? First of all, is capturing winter through decorating. A lot of times, once the Christmas stuff comes down, we're left with, I guess it could be wintry, we're left with a barren landscape. (laughs) (laughs) Our house. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But there are a lot of things that you can do to make the landscape of your house, the indoor house, pretty and wintry. It's easy to find things now at Michael's or Hobby Lobby or even Target and sometimes Walmart. And you can get branches that are lit, white branches and (laughs) lots of silver and white. You can put crystallized branches and vases and you can have candles and white lanterns and it's just, it can be really pretty. It seems like you're just describing what's in our house. I'm looking at what's in our house. <laughs> One of the my favorite places is our dining room because we do have all those things. So when you walk in at night, it's just this really pretty wintry scene, but it also has still has light. Once Christmas is over, a lot of times all the pretty lights go away. So this way you still have some of the wintry lights. You can also Get winter pillows for couches and chairs. And the sparkling white or light blue decorations, you can 
be creative, put them all over. The sky's the limit. I, I'm like Randy said, I'm looking at hours, but there's a variety of things to do. If you go into Hobby Lobby or Michael's, sometimes you'll either get inspired or you'll see something there that you like and you can reproduce. Now, Sydney, you're a big fan of Pinterest. Yes. Are, do they also have a lot of suggestions there? They do. You can look up all kinds of things. Like, um, for instance, I looked up my tips on how to build a snowman on Pinterest. And just typing in the word snowman came a slew of decorations, crafts, mm-hmm. tips on how to build a snowman. But um, all kinds of things to do with kids, with the family, and even like outfits that you can create that are like wintry. That's fun. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, there are all kinds of things out there that you can look up. So they have that Disney style where people dress up um, in the colors and a little bit of the styling of a Disney character when they go to the parks, but Mm -hmm. it's not the costume. Right. So is it kind of like that for snowman? Right. The snowman style? Um, It's a snowy wintry style, (laughs) although I'm sure that... You can find, like, how to build your own snowman costume. <laughs> well, I was thinking more than just the regular clothes, though. Maybe you wear, like, an orange base or something, so your no. nose looks a little orange. No, 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 no one wants to do that. <laughs> oh, okay. right. Except for, like, at Halloween or, like, at a festival or something like that, winter festival. Fine. <laughs> so that's a good point, though, Randy. Pinterest is a great place, and you can also Google you can also Google winter decorations, and I'm sure you'd also have a lot of good ideas that come that way. Another way we can capture winter is through doing things together. There are outside activities and inside activities. Outside, and I'm just going to kind of run through some of them, and if you get excited about one, you can feel free to chime in. Some outside activities are snow tubing. I actually don't know that I've ever been snow tubing. I think all three of you have. I have not. With youth? Yeah, Cole and I have we, um, with Dad the youth. Have, yeah. I thought you had come, Sydney. No, no. I, I weaseled my way out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's true>. yes. <laughs> I seriously wasn't there. <laughs> I've been snow tubing a couple of times. Yeah. Once was with the youth, and that was at a professional place that we went that had its own conveyor belt. Right, moving ramp yeah. to oh, bring nice. people to the top and yeah. all of that. That would be better for me. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely nice. I remember we went sled riding once as kids, and somebody had a snowmobile, and they would take us from the bottom to top over and over again. Sweet. And I was, never again did I look at walking up the hill the same way. (laughs) Yeah, that was always the worst. So fun going down. So hard going back up. Yeah. Worth it, because you get to go down again. That's the other thing. You can go sled riding. You can build a snowman. That's right. You can build a snow fort. So, and that actually kind of goes in line with the snowman so i remember when we first moved here we had this huge snowstorm we just got a ton of snow so i remember starting in the back i made this little snowball and i went from the back to the front working my way down our little hill and back up a little hill and by the time i got to the front i needed dad's help because it had gotten so big it's a long way around here yeah and it ended up being really big and we ended up making a little snow fort that we have pictures from yeah that we took pictures of it ended up being a giant snowball that you could actually i think dad helped you dig out a little room inside so it's almost like a little igloo so there are pictures of me and cole when we were much younger uh both fitting 
in that humongous snow little fort. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of fun. It's funny because when I was researching different things you could do, I'm not the most outdoorsy person, but when it said a snow fort, that's exactly what I thought of. Mm-hmm. It just made me smile thinking of you guys and your little faces sticking out of your snow fort. Yeah, when I was a kid and we were in Buffalo, uh-huh. I lived in Buffalo when I was very little, you didn't have to create a snow fort. You just <laughs> waited for about six feet of snow to come and then you dug into it. That's right. <laughs> I have pictures of from when my brothers and I were young just digging into the snow and there was just no <laughs> Very simple. There you go. <laughs> Doesn't require a lot of work. No. no. Another one was having a snowball fight. Now, it's funny because when I think of this... I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. You know, everyone's like, oh, go have a snowball fight. <laughs> you well, never had snowball fights with us. <laughs> well, I was going to say, in college, I went out to have a snowball fight. And those, <laughs> one of those guys, I swear he made it into a, an ice ball. And he hit me with it and I, once. And I said, I'm done. I'm done with my snowball fight. And he was like, no, you shouldn't be done. You just got hit once. I'm like... I'm going to have a bruise. Yeah, across the street from our apartment where we all lived was a hill. Uh-huh. So when it snowed the one time, somehow some of us had gotten some trays from the cafeteria that we still had. <laughs> somehow. Somehow. So we thought, oh, we'll use them for sleds. Like, we'll sit on them. But then they became shields, and we had a massive, massive snowball fight. But it was a serious fight. I mean, these were packed, hard yeah. snowballs. Yes. Oh. I don't know why boys in college do that. Because they I, find it funny. I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something mental. I <laughs> it's something mental. Well, it'll, it'll drive the girls away. It's not the cute um, snowball fights that you see on, on Hallmark. Hallmark. Yeah, where, no. the, where the snowball practically disintegrates before it hits the person. Right. <laughs> I know. That's the kind of snowball fight I would like to have. Another one is to make snow angels, which I did growing up and you guys did. Something else, which is I want to do. Maybe we can go out and do this today. Is blow bubbles and watch them freeze. Oh yeah, and then like there's other ones where you you can make these like water balloons too, and like put colored dye and let them freeze overnight, and cut the balloon off, and then it forms these little color ice ice balls. Oh, that, those are great for snowball fights. I'm right? Sure. Yeah, pre-made, pre-made <laughs> yeah. snow snowballs for boys. Yeah. So I would like to actually do that. So I hope we have bubbles somewhere. We probably do. And if we don't, I'm sure we can find a way to make the bubble stuff. Right. can't just make the bubble (laughs) stuff. Yeah, Yeah, just (laughs) so. There's like, on Pinterest, you can find a little recipe. They're actually recipes. Yes. And I know that because we had kids. Yeah. So you can make and hang a bird feeder. I don't know if you guys remember doing that with pine cones. Yeah. Rolling them in. Or spreading peanut butter on them. No, it's not just peanut butter. It's peanut butter and Crisco combination because Mm -hmm. peanut butter alone isn't good for the birds. It's too sticky. But if you little beaks together. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds amusing, but really isn't. It's not. It's not. Better go get that jar (laughs) (laughs) from the back porch. There's a lot of really. Because you'll have a <laughs> peanut butter uh, drunk squirrel passed out next to it. Yeah, that's true. There's half the thing His head's like stuck in there. Yeah. Arm draped over the side. Let me tell you about this one guy. I tell you, man, this big, big jar of peanut butter just sitting there. No way, yeah, yeah. This big, big like- open. Thing of peanut butter. It's like peanut butter all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's a crunchy kind. <laughs> it's funny. You can go ice skating, which I think Randy and Sydney actually did in New York. 
We did. I think I expected myself to be able to at least, like, go onto the ice. <laughs> but I really couldn't. So, anyway, it was a good experience. <laughs> I was trained as an ice skater. Right. So yeah. I am very confident <laughs> on the ice. <laughs> being confident and being able to do it are two different things. So, I actually took a couple of years of ice skating. So, I'm pretty comfortable on the ice and can go mm-hmm. forward and backwards. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't do the three or four flips, but um, I'm pretty good <laughs> other than that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a lot better than I could. I, I had to, like, go at the... Actually, you know what? I've been ice skating one other time. Can you do the, uh, what do they call them? The Twizzles? <laughs> I don't know. I can eat tw- Twizzlers. Two different things. Okay, go ahead. In the Olympics, they've been in the... But no, I remember going with the neighbors one time, and they went ice skating. And again, I remember having to hold on to the edge, although I think I could, like, go out a little bit then. But that was, like, years ago. So, yeah, by the time I got to New York, it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'll just stay around the edge. Again, <laughs> if you watch Hallmark shows, you oh, just go yeah. with somebody you like and you hold on to them tightly. Right, right, and then <laughs> drag them down, you know. <laughs> well, and then you, you wobble a little bit huh. and then pick it up in no time. Right, right, right. Did you find it? Yeah, it is called a twizzle. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. like a, a one-foot turn with the other leg up. Yep. Oh, yep, I think yep, I did yep. that once and then I fell accidentally. <laughs> so you were not... It was, not not <laughs> I, it was not an, an intentional action. It was not an intentional action. <laughs> did yeah. you put your arms up too? Like, <laughs> I think I put them up. You could go skiing. You could roast marshmallows in an outdoor fire pit. Which is more my kind of thing. Yeah, you've done that. Although we I don't have. think we should do snow. it again. Sure. Pinterest... You can find different ways of doing it, like, on your porch. Yeah, that's true. They now have mm-hmm. little portable fire pits right. that you can just put right on your porch. But we can't because our little feral cat will run away and... Into the snow. Into the snow. And we like her in our nice little heated igloo. So we can't do that. We are going to talk about capturing winter indoors during the next podcast and move into a fun winter quiz. Fun! I'm going to give you a series of questions and four different answers, and you guys get to choose which one you think is correct. Okay. Sainer, Wisconsin is the home of inventor Carl Eliasson. What piece of technology did he invent? The snowmobile, the toboggan, snowshoes, or cross-country skis? Snowmobile. 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 Correct! (laughs) You guys are good! What season is beginning in Australia on the same day as the beginning of winter in Wisconsin? Summer. Winter, spring, <laughs> summer, or autumn? You have to wait. Summer. Summer. Fine, summer. <laughs> what temperature does water freeze? Zero, 32, 40, or negative 40? What? Um, Fahrenheit. All Fahrenheit. 32. 32. 32. Correct. What is the cause of most winter-related automobile crashes in Wisconsin? There's something about Wisconsin here. Deer, heavy winds and blowing snow, ice, or driving too fast for conditions? Driving too fast. Yeah, driving too fast for conditions. Driving too fast, I guess. It is driving too fast. (laughs) It's like the general one. (laughs) All right. What kind of condition warrants a blizzard? Hmm. Below zero temperature, greater than 12 inches of snow... Winds greater than 35 miles per hour with blowing snow or all of the above? All of the above. All of the above. Yep. Nope. Never. Is it just the winds? It's the winds. Yeah, it was the, that was my second guess. <laughs> On February 2nd and 4th, 1996. This must be a Wisconsin quiz. It's from ProProfs.com, just so anybody knows if they want to look it up. 
On February 2nd and 4th, 1996, Coderay, a town in Wisconsin, has recorded the all-time coldest temperature. What was it? Negative 66, negative 31, negative 72, negative 55. Mm, 55. 66. 55. It's 55. <laughs> hey, that was a complete guess. <clears throat> that was a complete guess. Wisconsin must just be a really cold place. What is a condition that develops when the body temperature drops below 95 degrees Fahrenheit? Frostbite, exposure, hyperthermia, hypothermia. Exposure just sounds like a general condition. That's exposure. Frostbite. Exposure sounds like a crime, not a, yeah. <laughs> not a, a frost-related condition. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's move on. What did you say? Hyperthermia. Okay. Hypo. I'm going to do hypothermia. Frostbite. It is hypothermia. Okay. So Sydney wins the award for that one. Oh, thanks. What is the phone number one may dial to find out information about road conditions in Wisconsin? 911-711-511-211. It's actually the same in Virginia. I wonder if it's national. How many sides are on a snowflake? Six. Four, six, <laughs> four, six, six. eight, or twelve? Six. <laughs> Why is salt placed on icy roads? It melts the ice, it provides traction on the road, it lowers the freezing point, it adds flavor. All of the above. Lowers the freezing point. Is that it for everybody? Yeah, they said all the above, but I said lowers the freezing point. They said it adds flavor? They said all the above. (laughs) (laughs) They said it adds... No, it lowers the freezing point. It lowers the freezing point. Which major city in the United States receives the most snow annually? One of them is in Wisconsin. That's not a major city. (laughs) (laughs) Averaging over 94 inches. New York City, Chicago, Minneapolis, slash St. Paul, or Detroit? New York. Minneapolis, St. Paul. New York City. Yeah, right there. Okay, thank you, Mom, for that lovely quiz. That sounds sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Andersons are listening to this, so uh, they'll appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Do you want to build a snowman? That is the question that Disney has posed to many people. And earlier on in your discussion, Mom, you talked about outdoor activities such as building a snowman. As I was researching this topic on Pinterest, I found some tips and tricks along the way. So these tips come from the Reader's Digest. They're pretty general across a lot of websites, tips that I have come across. So the first tip is to know your snow. If you're from a place where it regularly snows, um, you do know the difference between like wet snow and sticky snow and powdery powdery. yeah. Yeah. So the important thing is to know what kind of snow you have, you know, go out and, you know, test it, see what you have. It's important to have sticky snow that you can pack to build a, a long-lasting snowman. So, yeah, because um, if you try to build a snowman with a powdery snow, he's going to end up looking more like a snow jabba than a, a yeah. snowman. He's going to be all spread out. <laughs> and it's hard man. to even get those snowballs going when it's powdery. Yeah. Right, right. So the first thing you want to know is, should you even try? <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is to find the perfect location. So, from the Reader's Digest, they actually provided a tip regarding this that I didn't even think of. So, the first thing that came to mind when I saw finding the perfect location was to find a nice shady location that wouldn't generally get a ton of sun. 
so that your snowman didn't melt, right? Right. As we know from Frosty the Snowman, that That's uh, right. the sun came out <laughs> and melted him. But he might pick up some bad company in this shady location. That you <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a risk that you're going to have to figure out if you want to take. <laughs> but this tip also mentioned face him away from the sun. So put his facial features towards the shady side of the snowman away from the sun so that at least if he does melt, his facial features and such are not melted. Oh, okay. From melt last. Right. Right. So I thought that was a good idea. Um, They also said aim for the structure. So generally speaking, a typical snowman has three big snowballs stacked, right? The biggest one at the bottom, medium, right on top of that one, and the smallest on top. So... One of the things that they said was just making sure that everything was symmetrical and round. It mentioned maybe if your biggest snowball for the base is like three feet long, the medium body should be two feet long, and the top should be one feet long. I'm not sure how many people are going to be bringing out tape measures for this, so just eyeball it is my uh, <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> So regarding the actual making of the snowman, so I've seen different things about whether or not rolling a snowball is the best way to do it. The main thing about making a snowman or snowball is packing the snow, being able to pack the snow as tightly as you can. So whether you roll the ball around in a circular motion or as I did, roll it from way back in our yard and rolling it all the way to the front or whether you just pack it all together and make it into a ball shape the important thing is that it stays together yeah especially since you're putting heavy snowballs on top of the base but the base needs to be really solid Mm -hmm. absolutely and this even has a tip from jim sisko who's an expert snowman builder who worked on the largest snowman in the world suggested making the base and the body um, snowball flat on top Mm kind of like what you're saying so just to be able to stack and structure the snowman properly. The last tip was to get creative with the decorations, use hats, scarves, you know, the typical stuff. But you can also put like an ugly sweater on your snowman and such. That's funny. Um, And I actually found some unique snowmen to build. It kind of reminded me of the, um, the Calvin and Hobbes snowman that you could build. Found this on mommyshorts.com. 24 clever ways to build a snowman. So there's one snowman that's upside down. So this is not structurally sound, but it is hilarious. <laughs> snowman doing like the handstand. Yeah, the handstand. <laughs> that's right. Yes, there is a texting snowman oh, where funny. you make the head bent a little and you put something like a cell phone in his hands. <laughs> yeah, we have old cell phones. That would be funny. That would be funny. Um, there's one around his uh, mailbox where it looks like he's screaming. <laughs> <laughs> If you have the mailbox flap down. So the, right, so the mouth funny. is, I mean, the mouth is the mailbox, so we right. get it open, it looks like he's yeah. yelling. Yeah. Or you're feeding him mail. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's cute. I mean, there's all kinds. There's a hitchhiking one that has a little <laughs> sign on it that says North Pole. Obviously, that one's going to melt because it has a lot of sun. Um, there's actually, like, a parent one where you put, like, a little snowman head on top and you um, act as if there's a kid riding on the snowman's shoulders. Mm. So you can get pretty creative. So it doesn't look like an alien with two heads. You kind of put the props hmm. around it. So it right. Like or you could do an alien with two heads if you wanted to. That's right. Whatever works. Yeah, Sydney mentioned Calvin and Hobbes, which is a cartoon that Bill Watterson developed and, and did. So we love Calvin and Hobbes, and he would always go outside and make, like, 
either like tragic snowman scenes yes. where like a snowman <laughs> got hit by the car and there was like other snowmen around yeah. that you know, horrified like in front of his dad's <laughs> car you know yeah. or the, he'd make snowman armies like just a ton of these little tiny snowmen yep. so I yeah. saw or uh, remember the snow goons like horrible monsters yeah the yeah. monsters snow, snowmen yeah. Yeah. yeah I always he, thought it must have taken him yeah, to actually create that many snowmen yeah. would have taken him an army of people to do because it right. actually takes quite a long time to make a snowman. It does. Yeah. Do you remember when Cole would make different snowmen, and some of them were fashioned after Calvin and Hobbes, <laughs> and it was it was really funny to look out and think, what was he? What's he doing with those snowmen? And he would yeah. be making these little scenes. scenes. Yeah, he was doing yeah. like the little snowman scenes, kind of like Calvin and Hobbes. Some of them yeah. were bigger, yeah, too. Yeah, like, like Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Not necessarily fashioned after Calvin and Hobbes. Well, and maybe inspired by Calvin maybe and Hobbes. Maybe inspired yeah. by. Yeah. 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 The concept of doing multiple smaller ones, because then you can make a scene out of them. Right. Speaking of little snowmen, there is something called Taking Down a Giant Snowman. It has a bunch of little snowmen on top of a giant one. It kind of looks like Gulliver's Travels, where yeah, they're tying them down to the ground. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So definitely, like, when you're making a snowman, right, you can build the classic one, but th- there are obviously, like, definitely unique things that you can do, not even necessarily kind of like coal. You don't have to do it with big snowmen. You can do it with smaller ones and make more and make a, a scene or, or whatever you want to do. Well, right. you don't need to make a scene about it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. But you could. Right. Yeah. Definitely take pictures. <laughs> yep. So that's all I have for snowmen. Well, and something else that I've heard of people doing with their snowmen is putting water over them, oh, so they mm-hmm. so they freeze in place. Right, not hot water. Not hot water. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to go for that tragic snowman, right. kinda, the uh, <laughs> Igor from Frankenstein snowman kind of look. So I'm going to be talking about ice hotels this week. And if you don't know what an ice hotel is, it's a temporary hotel structure made out of ice and sculpted blocks of ice and snow. Yeah, I don't think I realized at first that they were all temporary, but they are. They really yeah. remake them all every year. Yeah, they do. Even in cold areas, they'll typically remake them every year. That's crazy. And I guess that's good in a fashion because it keeps it sort of keeps it fresh. Right. Yeah. So you don't get can't do that with a whole hotel, like a regular right. hotel every year. So the ice isn't gonna degrade over time right. because you remake it every year. So there are several hotels in several different countries and there's a variety of styles and ways that they're constructed, but a lot of them will feature ice bars, restaurants saunas that kind of thing. really saunas in yeah. ice hotels yeah especially when you get up into the scandinavian countries like finland you'll get a lot of saunas but they're typically for more off the beaten path travelers like it isn't going to be a super common tourist destination right like people aren't flocking to the ice hotels it probably takes a certain kind of person right it's a certain kind of person that goes because just about everything is made out of ice at these places. Like, when you go into the ice bar, the bar is going to be made out of ice. Usually the bar is going to be made out of ice. The chair, a lot of times, will be made out of ice. What about the bed? Yep, the beds, really? a lot of times, are made out of ice. Um, but they use furs and blankets and padding. So the Yeah, so there's a layer yeah. in between you and the ice. It's not just you <laughs> <laughs> laying on a slab of ice. <laughs> It's really more like an ice prison. <laughs> um, but when you go into the bar, like the cups will be made out of ice too. Oh, that's so neat. That is really neat. Is it super cold? 
always inside the house to be. Yeah. So the the temperature in the rooms is typically below zero Celsius. Oh wow! But it is much warmer than outside, and you don't get the uh, the wind chill. A lot of these have high elevation. These these are on high elevation places. That's interesting. So a lot of times I like to have a ceiling fan running in my room. Yeah. This would not be a good place because I would be causing wind chill to happen. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you could do that if you wanted to. But, you know, I'm not... I don't think that they would have fans in this place. I think that you got enough cold, probably. probably. But what I found was that staying at an ice hotel can be expensive for a night. Prices ranging from $300 to $3,000. Ooh, jeez, oh man. So, yeah. Might be a fun, like, go stay a night at an ice hotel kind of thing to experience. To experience it? Yeah, to experience it. We recently watched a Hallmark. It was Hallmark, right? Yeah. A Hallmark movie where they stayed at an ice hotel for a wedding, which, after looking at the prices, I imagine was ungodly expensive. (laughs) 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 It's... So, the ice hotels themselves are usually filled with ice sculptures or artwork carved into the ice. And I would imagine a lot of cold people would also be <laughs> yeah. filling the hotels. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of very cold people, especially in Scandinavia. Yeah, in the Hallmark show we saw, you're pretty much wearing your outer garments, like your coats, always. scarves, yeah. gloves, always. Yeah, Hallmark, that Hallmark movie is our best introduction to <laughs> the ice hotels, so our apologies if that's not uh, <laughs> accurate, if that's not canon ice hotel. <laughs> but you know, it, this is a good place for all those professional ice sculptors to get work. Yep. So these ice hotels are held together by a form of ice and snow mortar called snikes, which is really sort of this kind of frozen water that's sort of an intermediary between snow and ice. Right, so, so that's what thing, keeps it together. Yeah, so these things are completely made out of snow and ice then. There right. aren't any supplementary like chemicals that they use. Yeah, so this must be the right consistency of really cold, almost frozen water that right. lets it glue those pieces of the snow and right. ice really together. cold, frozen water. So you could almost call it ice you could. Yeah, you could. But it has, it has imagine, snow. It has, no, I imagine it has to be uh, yeah. a little bit liquidy, right? So you can spread it as you put the right. blocks together. Right, and the the on. right. So it's it's just that right. perfect temperature and consistency to be able to get it to work. Right. So then I'm just going to mention a few cool ice hotels. That <laughs> I, uh, oh, I see what you did yeah, there. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was fun. But a few neat ice hotels. So there's the Snow Castle of Kemi, Finland, and it's a 14-room snow castle that was originally built in 96. And by originally built, I mean the first one because they <laughs> rebuilt it every year. That's right. That's your quintessential Finnish ice castle. So that's going to be like sauna kind of thing and Finnish meals, restaurants. You can enjoy things like smoked reindeer soup or a filet of reindeer with sauce. So wait, this is actual reindeer? Reindeer meat? Yes. Yeah. Do you think they say a lot there, don't forget to finish your meals? <laughs> My, Beth's laughing. Beth is laughing from the other room. <laughs> well, that's good. Somebody thought you were funny. And a number of shows are held at this castle. Oh, okay. So they do performances. Yeah, so they do performances, too. So that's pretty neat. Uh, one a little closer to home is the Hotel de Glace in Quebec City, Canada. Well, actually, a little uh, a little ways out from Quebec City. 
That's a little larger. It's got 42 rooms. Features a lot of snow art. That has your typical amenities for a an ice hotel, a cocktail bar. You're greeted when you enter with an ice glass to sip while standing around ice tables. <laughs> nice. Very so nice. yeah, they're just gonna really throw you into that ice everything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So they've got jacuzzis under the stars, Ooh. fireplaces in the rooms, and a private spa. So these places they really are loaded. Wow. Like they're nice hotels. Even though, you know... Well, it for sounds like they're, dollars a night, some of them should be. Even though they're ice hotels. They're nice and ice. They're nice and ice. So, they have fireplaces in the room? Like a, like fire, a fire pit. pit. Like, yeah. Like, okay. Well, I would imagine something like that. Well, that's what I imagined from the Hallmark show from that the I Hallmark. saw. <laughs> from, <laughs> from our expert... Research? <laughs> research, right. <laughs> Through Hallmark. So then the last one that I want to mention is a Romanian ice church, which is actually near a Romanian ice hotel. That's in the Fogrosh Mountains in Romania. So priests have blessed this church made entirely out of ice, which is a reproduction of an old Transylvanian church. Uh, And I'll be talking more about that during our next session. Awesome. Thank you, Cole. That was very nice nice discussion. (laughs) (laughs) So let me give give you some context to the, the this nice thing here. Beth had to leave the room because she couldn't stop laughing at the word snice. <laughs> and I tried to do it really quietly, but apparently it wasn't quiet. No, it, did, it didn't work. No, it did not work. Oh, goodness. So that leads us on to the last topic for this podcast, and that's the tooth fairy. Not necessarily a winter theme, pretty much an any time of the year theme. And I wanted to let parents know that this might be a good topic to not have for little ears because some of the kind of background of the tooth fairy that we're going to go through so give you a second to um, usher kids out of the room or turn it or wait to another time if you're in the car that's right so in general kids lose their last baby teeth around age 10 or 11 but most kids stop believing in the tooth fairy just based on surveys around seven or eight which is the same time that kids are stopping believing other things uh, Mm -hmm. that are part of their lives as well. But a lot of times kids are happy to play along with the idea of the tooth fairy because they know that they will continue to get money for their teeth. Um, So in case anybody's listening overseas, so the way tooth fairy works in the United States is when a child loses a baby tooth, But so this is not for an adult who's lost their adult teeth. This is for kids <laughs> losing their baby right. teeth. Specifically. Right. When the child loses their baby teeth, they put it under their pillow. Right. And then while they're asleep, the tooth fairy will exchange the tooth for some money. Right. This this mystical creature. Right. Called the yeah. tooth fairy. And that happens over and over again. Kids generally have about 20 teeth, baby teeth in general, that they're going through this. And for a lot of kids, um, it's a pretty traumatic period of time when they are first have a loose tooth, right? That's that's something that parents kind of get excited with them about, uh, but there's all this discussion about this person coming to the room at night, taking some, taking the teeth away from them, so you really have to be careful as you're explaining this to the kids that it's all a positive thing, right? Right, right. That something good is going to happen right. in the long run. So in looking up the history of the Tooth Fairy, unlike Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy actually doesn't have a long legend associated with it. Hmm. It's actually a mix of different topics. 
that have come together in the United States to form what is the Tooth Fairy. Really? Yeah. And um, I've looked up quite a bit of history of the Tooth Fairy to see where people point it to. Mm -hmm. And they make some connections to different legends and history, but all of them are very different than what we celebrate as the Tooth Fairy. So it looks like it was about 1927 that the oldest reference to today's Tooth Fairy comes forward through documentation. And there was a, a lady in the 1970s, her name was Rosemary Wells. She was a professor at a dental school. And she actually did a lot of research on the Tooth Fairy to find out where do those traditions of the Tooth Fairy come. You know, you've got a loose tooth, you're gonna stick it under your pillow, Tooth Fairy's mm-hmm. gonna come, replace it. You know, why, why is all that? Right. And you know, she got questions. I guess there were some questions for other organizations, but nobody could really say, oh, this is where the legend is. Or these are the things that happen around the Tooth Fairy. You think about all the legends with Santa Claus that are very clear. This is what Santa Claus does. Yeah. Right. Well, what the Tooth Fairy does is not well defined. So at what you're all. saying is it's not like some German fairy tale that's actually horrifying. There like, are there are connections to fairy tales that connect teeth to witches or to mice, right. evil kings, all that sort of thing. But it's mm-hmm. not the same exact thing where it's a. I lost a tooth, I gained some money. Right. Mm. Kind of activity. So so she, Rosemary Wells, actually did a lot of research and became what people would call the tooth fairy expert because she had a lot of history of potential ways that this legend, this mythology, flowed through history. So in her research is where they found this eight-page playlet for children that kind of talked about the tooth fairy and what would happen with the tooth fairy. So when you look at the the American version of the Tooth Fairy, kind of where that came from, it seems like it was this combination of this mouse mythology where this mouse would sneak into a child's bedroom and a mouse would perform cash-for-teeth swaps combined with the idea of a good fairy. Mm -hmm. And the timing of it was such that Disney was releasing a lot of movies and Mm -hmm. Disney had taken the concept of the good fairy through its movies. Right. Right? So... Combine that good fairy idea with this mouse taking these teeth, and you come up with the tooth fairy. Disney influenced the creation of the tooth fairy. Interesting. Which was in vogue in 1927. So it was already kind of happening as far back as 1927. So it's featured pretty predominantly in pop culture in America, in books. You know, you could buy specialized pillows that hold your tooth. It's in a number of movies and TV shows. And the Tooth Fairy doesn't, even though it's a more recent construction for America, it seems to be pretty popular. According to Wells, who did a survey, 97% of parents held a positive feeling towards her, even though um, you know, it doesn't have like a Christian or some kind of religious connection. It doesn't have a strong tradition from other places. It's kind of this, this new thing. Parents in general feel pretty good about the Tooth Fairy and, and keeping that tradition going. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I was interested in was the idea of how much money does the Tooth Fairy give <laughs> to their kids. Yeah, in fact, that was my next question. Like, what, what's the standard practice right. before that? And it's clear that the sta- there isn't a standard across the United States. Uh, in general, the Northeast is more generous than the South as far as the amount of money that kids get. Grandparents are more generous than <laughs> if, they're watching, if they're raising their grandkids versus uh-huh, right. parents. That, that's uh, given. <laughs> and some of the insurance companies actually kind of make a connection to the Tooth Fairy, right? Because they can use the Tooth Fairy as a positive influence for good dental hygiene. So they actually do a survey every year about how much do parents give 
their kids, mm-hmm. but how much does the tooth fairy give their kids for their teeth? And Interesting. The, right now, the amount of money per tooth has gone down significantly from the time when baby boomers were kids and getting money for their teeth. So right now, t- today, kids get about $3.25 per tooth. That's actually more than I thought. Baby boomers, if you adjust for inflation, got about almost $6, $5.77. Oh. Um, that's crazy. Yep, yeah, and millennials are receiving just three dollars and seventy-two cents at this point. For, I'm guessing the the yeah. other three dollars is to save for college. <laughs> yeah, that's what it <laughs> yeah. Is. Well, the millennials are out now, so this will be the next generation coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. There'll be a new. Um, I think we always got a dollar. You got a dollar, a quarter, a dime, a nickel, and a penny. And for some parents, the first tooth you get more for. Mm. And then it's less for the others. And in other families, it's a ramping thing. <laughs> so the more teeth you lose, yeah. each time the money goes up. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so there really isn't any kind of consistency. Yeah. The one thing that I read that seemed like a good idea is as a parent, if you have kids, it's mm-hmm. 20 baby teeth per kid okay. times however many kids you have. So you just may want to think ahead of time how much money the mm-hmm. tooth fairy is shelling out. Right. Because there are a, a lot of reports of like $20 per tooth. So $20 yeah. per tooth, that's $400 wow. per kid yeah. over you know that period yeah, of you guys got years. like 25 bucks at the most per kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and they had two kids. Yeah. And yeah. I, so there are a lot of things out, right? On Pinterest that you can do, uh, uh, I think oh, yeah. um, on Etsy, you can buy these like custom-made tooth fairy pillows. Something I would caution against just because of how horrifying they are. I have seen pictures where the parents have kept the baby teeth, put them in, on a pillow <laughs> all together in the shape of a mouth, and it looks like this teeny little pillow has a horrifying mouthful yeah. of baby teeth. I've seen people do that with teddy bears, too. Yeah, and they, they're, they're, and they are terrifying. not fun. They, yeah. They're terrifying. I, I <laughs> imagine they're great for scaring off spirits. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so but they might also fun. scare off your children. Right, right. <laughs> it may mysteriously disappear one day and you will never find it. Another thing I will say is, I remember one time I was in a store and I really wanted a Barbie doll. It was a Tooth Fairy doll. It was a Tooth Fairy Barbie doll. And I thought it was so pretty and I really wanted it. And she was little enough. She was sitting in the front, front of, of a, a cart. In fact, I think we're at Walmart. And, um... Mom said, okay, well, I'll get it for you. you when know, you lose your tooth. Her tooth, right. her front tooth was loose. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think you quite realize this, but I wiggled it and wiggled it and wiggled it oh, until... No. We knew. <laughs> no, well, I didn't realize I didn't realize how much she was working at it. Yeah. yeah. But I said, when you lose your tooth, we'll come back and get you a Tooth Fairy Barbie. And yeah. then we could leave. Right. And then when we so were... When we were finally in line... Mom, you know, had things on the conveyor belt. I handed her my my tooth out of my mouth. <laughs> it was actually right before I put things on the conveyor okay, belt. Okay, there you go. I was in line in the cart, and I looked down, and she was handing me her tooth. And I, <laughs> and I looked at it, and I was like, okay. So we got out of line, went back, grabbed the tooth very yeah. got back in line. Yeah, so that was probably the most I got from my, oh yeah, from my tooth, yeah. <laughs> from a tooth. I just wanted to leave the Barbie aisle. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quite ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask. That's a great memory. What other memories do you guys have of Tooth Fairy? Do you remember that? Um, I do have another memory where the Tooth Fairy didn't come one time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I was sleeping soundly, and I wake up to my very small little daughter crying. And so I'm waking up going, oh, my goodness, What? And she, she had her little bag. We could put them in baggies. 
her little baggie with her tooth in it. And she was crying, saying, I had to do that, he didn't come. And I thought, oh, crap. I forgot. <laughs> and then I was like, because Randy actually does that a lot. He did that a lot. He, right. he got I don't anymore, but when our <laughs> yes. kids were losing teeth, I was usually the one that would remember to put the money underneath. Right. And I helped to gather up the coins, and we... We should have been a little more prepared, maybe. But anyway. And I was out of country. Yeah. You were out. Yes. You weren't at home at the time. So I was laying there, just waking up, my little daughter crying, tooth fairy had come. I was like, oh my goodness. So I, I said, you know what, honey? I bet, I bet the tooth fairy wanted to wait till daddy got home <laughs> so that he could be with us when she came. Right. And, and Sydney stopped crying immediately and said... <laughs> Oh, okay. Then she went and she laughed, and I was like, Woo! Thank goodness. Can't win, Thank goodness for gullible children. Yeah, you were very fortunate. And I had to think fast because yeah. I didn't want to give up the Tooth Fairy. It's true. Like, it's just a fun little sweet thing for parents. So, did you look at Tooth Fairy positively? Didn't care? What do you think, Cole? I positively never looked at the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> I don't know. I got money out of it. It was never something that I was super excited about. I don't remember being excited about it. We had some kind of conversation with you at one point because you weren't thrilled about something flying around in your room. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's okay. She's going to bring money. She's going to take your tooth and she's going to bring money. And you were like, meh. Like, <laughs> I'm not so sure about those. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't... I don't know. I feel like it's probably one of those things that I was more or less indifferent to. Again... Not something that I didn't want to run into her, kind of like the Easter Bunny. So like <laughs> I didn't want to leave my room because I didn't want to find this giant horrifying. It wasn't rabbit. horrifying. <laughs> in, in my horrible. imagination, I can still remember the picture of the Easter Bunny that I had in my head when I was little, and it was terrifying because it it looked Poor like one of those bunny. costumes yeah, that well. people wore. I didn't want to run into that like downstairs <laughs> when I went out of my room. <laughs> So well, like, clearly you weren't thrilled about the... So I, I remember not her. leaving the the room to use the restroom when it was the Easter Bunny night. Because <laughs> yeah, I didn't funny. want to read into that thing. <laughs> I'm just staying in here. Yeah. So do you remember the Tooth Fairy as a kid, Beth? Um, No. I mean, I know that it occurred, but I don't really have any specific memories no. of it. Do you? Yeah, I remember getting a quarter for each tooth. That's what I was thinking. Probably a quarter was a lot of it. But I'm surprised at the monetary amount because I was assuming it was like change, especially when we were growing up. Right. Right. Now it's become much of a, a much bigger thing. But I know there's like glitter, like parents will put glitter around like the Tooth Fairy came and there's a lot of different things to do, but we never did that. Glitter's hard to clean up. <laughs> yeah. Especially on a bed. Yeah, it just does not come out of things, that's for sure. So, looking at a little more at the history of the Tooth Fairy, actually there's a lot of different legends and information about how people would deal with a tooth coming out of a child. So it was believed in, say, the Middle Ages, that kind of time period, that something bad could happen if somebody gets hold of your tooth, right? So if there's a witch out there or some kind of negative demon whatever demon whatever evil it may spirit, be yeah. evil spirit that they could do something if they got a hold of your tooth right so there was a lot of different ways that people took care of teeth back in those ages in, in europe they would throw it into a fire they would throw it into the woods backwards between their legs they would uh, <laughs> throw it onto or over a roof the other connection to the mouse 
So mice can actually, their teeth are strong enough that they can chew human teeth. Because human teeth, you think about how strong they are, right? When, when yeah. you know, people deteriorate, teeth are often something that's left that's identifiable, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, rodents actually have strong enough teeth that they can chew through human teeth, or at least that's what the research uh, that I read said. So there's always this connection wow. between mice and teeth. Because if you give it to a mouse, the mouse can get rid of it, basically. So then there's other connections between mice and, and stories and evil kings and how this, you know, there was a story of a mouse that would be hidden under a king's pillow, an evil king's pillow, and then he knocked out um, the king's teeth and got rid of the king somehow. You know, just kind of weird. Oh. There's weird kind of stories <laughs> that Cole was referencing yeah. earlier. The Vikings actually, it seems like they were the ones that, that we can point to that had the cash swap for teeth because <laughs> so they would wear the teeth either as good luck or good omen whatever it may be so when their kids would wear one their parents would pay them and they would then get the tooth and they would you know wear it yeah and then they'd have to go on a raid and get other people's teeth right they might do that <laughs> that's not canon but you know <laughs> right. i'm assuming that happened probably <laughs> so right mothers would actually swallow baby teeth oh. yeah Oh, that's gross. Yeah, so a lot of different, a lot of different history, but nothing clearly pointing to a creation of the tooth fairy until you get into the 1920s in the United States. So I thought that was really interesting. That was a much more recent kind of connection. Yeah. Do you really know if it's prevalent overseas? I don't think it is as prevalent overseas. No, okay. it seems at least to be American-made thing. I don't know. Um, I didn't read a lot about other countries actually participating in this tradition today. The other thing I wanted to mention briefly was that Tooth Fairy is in pop culture, right? So it's actually in a number of TV shows and movies. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at the movies that Tooth Fairy was in, you might remember Rise of the Guardians. Yep. That yeah. was in 2012. They had a lot of really well-known actors in it, which was pretty funny. The Tooth Fairy, which had The Rock in it. Oh, hey, yeah. we just watched that. Yeah, it, it happened to be on TV fun. yesterday. Oh, that's that. so funny. And so I ended up watching it with... The research in mind that there really isn't a lot of clear mythology about the Tooth Fairy. I kind of wondered what they would do with it. Right. He called himself the Tooth Fairy. He was an ice hockey player. He called people called him the Tooth Fairy because he was basically the muscle. Aggressive. He would he would knock people out of the way and they would lose teeth and very dramatically right <laughs> flying in the air and he got named the Tooth Fairy. So he called himself the Tooth Fairy. He also did not believe in mythology like tooth fairy easter bunny any of those kind of things so he would discourage the kids of the lady he was dating in believing those things so because of all those things he got punished so his punishment was he had to be a tooth fairy for a week and in their world there were many many tooth fairies it wasn't just one it was a plethora of boy and girl tooth fairies that each kind of took care of little sections of town which is completely inconsistent with anything else i've read about the Tooth Fairy, which is... But it was a unique story fairy, idea. But a unique story idea. Mm-hmm. So in the end, obviously, he learned not only that the Tooth Fairy was real, but he learned that believing is important and all those kind of things along the way. But from a Tooth Fairy mythology point of view, right, it was kind of unique in that it was trying to set some of the things about how does a Tooth Fairy come in, how do they not be seen, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things that Santa Claus already kind of has down. <laughs> Right? But the tooth yeah. fairy. Maybe the tooth fairy should have uh, contacted Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't horrible. But yeah, it, wasn't, it was cute. Yeah, it was it cute for an afternoon. And there are also uh, some horror movies that are about I'm the sure. tooth fairy. Because yeah. you think people do not like the idea of their, their teeth and horror movies being yeah. put together. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember uh, Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy had yes. uh, tooth fairies. 
Oh, is that right? These little, like, demonic things, which would... Creatures. Yeah, yeah. these little demonic creatures, which would eat people. <laughs> well, they eat, and they go for their teeth first, which is why they were called the Tooth Fairy. Oh, okay. I also remember in the movies The Santa Claus, mm-hmm. they had the Tooth Fairy there. Yes. And... That was a nice Tooth Fairy. That was a nice yeah. Tooth Fairy, yeah. There was a grouping of... Easter Bunny, Tooth right. Fairy, yes, mm-hmm. all, all the mythological yeah. elements, so... Right. Right, so the point, I guess, of some of that is that because it is so new, parents have a lot of flexibility as far as how they want to handle the Tooth Fairy. There isn't any one consistent way to do the Tooth Fairy, so you can kind of make it your own and decide, which is kind of what we did. You know, you kind of ask other parents, remember what you did as a kid, and then choose to make something fun out of it. Right, and I don't remember why. For some reason, I just liked the idea of a dollar-quarter dime nickel penny right and so we started it and we continued it throughout the whole thing right yeah some people will give gold dollars right, right. Gold yeah so coin just, dollars yeah. Yeah, you can do a lot of different things so so that's the end of the main topics today i want to briefly switch over to our future festivities for the week of january 21st so during that week the 21st is obviously martin luther king's birthday the 22nd is answer your cat's question day oh yeah, so I think that, you know, that's a pretty easy day because our cats don't ask a lot of questions. They don't, no. <laughs> the 23rd is National Pie Day. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so nice. I'm going to write that down, the 23rd, National Pie Day. The 24th is Compliment Day, which I think goes well with Pie Day being the day before because yeah. then the next day you can compliment somebody on their pie. Yeah. The 24th is also National Peanut Butter Day. I couldn't not do both Compliment Day and Peanut Butter Day because both seem really important. Uh, the 25th is Opposite Day. Yep. Is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> That's <laughs> it is. so funny. Unless it's not. The 26th is Spouses Day. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And then the 27th is Chocolate Cake Day. <gasps> the most important day of the week. <laughs> so you've got Pie Day on the 23rd. Chocolate cake day on the 27th. So that is okay, not a 27th. good diet week at all. No. I need to get that on the chocolate cake day. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of today's topics. Just a reminder, you can find us on Instagram at Holiday Moons. For each of the uh, national days, I've been posting a reminder and picture for that day. So you can find that on our Instagram at Holiday Moons. For Twitter, we're at Holiday underscore Moons. And for our Facebook page, you can search on Holiday Moons. Our website is randallmoon.wixsite.com slash holidaymoons. And you can find us online for our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and at podiet.co. And you can contact us at holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Randy, Beth, Sydney, and Cole, happy happy winter. winter!